Before we get to the episode, we want to drop a note about our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by our book. If you are brand new to the PA career, then you definitely need to check out our book that will tell you everything you need to be a rock star, super competitive applicant. This is the tell-all go-to guide for exactly what you need to know to be the strongest candidate so you don't have to reapply the next cycle. It has all the what-to-dos and not-to-dos that we saw when we worked at PA programs and reviewed CASPA apps and interviewed candidates. It also has what prereqs to aim for it and how many hours of patient care, volunteer, shadowing to get, how to get the strongest letters of recommendation, and what to do if you've made a few C's, how to pick programs so that you can get into PA school your first cycle, and so much more. We know what you need to get into PA school, so let us be your mentor and let's get you accepted. Check it out in the show notes. Now on to today's episode. We would like to welcome Katie Desmond with AAPA. She is the Director of Student Membership and PA Program Relations for AAPA, the American Academy of Physician Assistants, our national organization. AAPA advocates and educates on behalf of the profession and the patients that PAs serve. We are so honored to have Katie as a guest on the podcast today. Welcome, Katie. Katie, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast. It's such an honor to have you here today. To get started, tell us a little bit about yourself and AAPA's background. My name is Katie Desmond, and I'm the Director of Student Membership at AAPA. I've been here for about seven years, and what I think is pretty much the best is that I get to work with PA students. I'm not a PA. I don't play a PA on TV, but um, my work regularly brings me to meet PA students and pre-PA students, and I just find them to be so inspiring. They're excited. Their heart is in the right place because they are truly passionate about patient care and making a difference in the world. And I always just feel so energized after working with PA students and pre-PA students. AAPA is the national organization for PAs. And we're here as a professional organization. You might know that there are four total organizations that sort of govern the world of PAs. AAPA is the national membership organization that's really there to advocate for PAs and really support PAs and pre-PAs and PA students in their journeys wherever they'd like to go in their careers. We, you know, I, I think of AAPA really as serving in kind of four buckets. AAPA is here to advocate for PAs, and that means with the general public, telling the story of the PA profession and how the PA profession really makes it a difference on the healthcare team, to advocating at the federal level. And of course, working with our organizations um, all across the country, our state organizations and specialty organizations to work with state legislators as well to barriers to practice. So I think that's a little bit about me and AAPA. Well, thank you for that. And we know uh, personally that AAPA offers incredible benefits no matter what stage of your PA journey you are on. So can you tell us a little bit about people who join AAPA, what sort of benefits they get when they join the organization? Sure. And of course, wearing my hat, I am the director of student membership and pre-PA membership as well. And I'm really excited right now because over the weekend, we actually just launched a brand new category for pre-PA members. Woo! Pre-PAs could join our organization, and and many did. They fit into a category that was called affiliate, and it was really just a catch-all category for anyone who was interested in the profession. 
about four years ago, we started getting a lot of interest from PPAs. And so I started working to create more member value for pre-PAs and create resources for pre-PAs. But it was still in that catch-all category. And back in May, our House of Delegates actually passed a resolution to create this new category. I was thrilled because it means, first of all, this new category, we were able to price it at $50, which is a much less expensive than the affiliate category. It's about half the price, um, which I'm hoping will really make it way more accessible to those interested in joining the profession. And so that's one thing I'm excited about. And also because then in their own category, we're able to offer pre-PA members access to Huddle, which is our online community. And this will allow pre-PAs to really become part of the conversation, even if it's just sort of a listening part of the conversation to hear what PAs are interested in, what they're concerned about, what they're working on, and what they're facing in their clinical practice. It kind of gives them the opportunity to be a fly on the wall. So I think that's a really great new member benefit for pre-PAs that we're able to offer as part of this category. We also have a number of different resources to help pre-PAs prepare for their application journey, whether that is our application guides, our webinar replays, uh, which give uh, advice on how to tackle applications, how to get prerequisites, how to get ready for interviews, how to write personal statements, etc. And we also have a number of different discount partnerships with companies that support pre-PAs from GRE prep to application prep uh, to a number of other, other services. So that's for pre-PA. For student members, the student membership category has a lot of similar benefits as our PA member category. So access to things like Learning Central, which provides hundreds of different learning activities, but also special student benefits. One of the benefits I'm, I think is kind of special is our Maxwell Guide. A lot of people don't know that AAP doesn't actually publish that guide. It's a book that we purchase as a gift to send in all of the welcome materials that we send out to students. And it's just a little booklet, um, sort of, of cheat sheets of how to conduct different physical examinations, how to interpret lab results, a lot of things that will become rote memory by the time students get to their clinical year and are in clinical rotations. Um, but they can also keep that in their white coat pocket so they don't miss a step when they get to those rotations. We also have partnership with publisher Walter Score and Lippincott that gives them one free title. We also have a host of resources available through our Career Central area of our website, um, including our PA portfolio, which is a AAP tool that allows students to really, as students and practicing PAs, to stay organized and really organize all of their documents related to their PA career so that when they start doing job search, they will be able to, you know, easily send documents on the fly. You can upload multiple resumes, multiple cover letters to really make that whole process so much easier and streamlined. We also have a really cool guide that's relatively new called the Area of Practice Guide, which helps PAs understand different areas of practice um, and different career options available. Of course, our signature membership benefit for most categories is our salary report which is the most comprehensive look at PA salary. It breaks compensation down by geography, specialty, and even years of experience. So I always tell students to check that out. And there is a interactive tool that we've been offering I think, the last two years 
where you can put in years of experience, specialty, geography, and pull up a customized report. So there's tons and tons of benefits for both MPAs and students. I think if you look at the dollars and cents of even some of the discounts that we provide on things like pants prep, even things like rental cars, it would easily pay for the membership. But the truth is, I think that people join it and and probably the reason that we have 75% market share with our student population is because PA programs see the value at the national level for PAs to really work together. We know that PAs have to work together to keep moving the profession forward. Gives an opportunity for PAs to connect together, to network, and really just keep moving forward to the future. And I think that's probably the real reason people join. But we also have a lot of great member benefits. For PAs, we had another big launch this, this weekend to create premium categories for PAs. So now there are three tiers of membership that PAs can take the look of. Of course, PA professional membership has all the great membership benefits, all the hundreds of hours of CME, discounts on different products and services, access to advocacy resource, and, you know, membership to our online community, etc. And so sort of signature benefits, but now they have a fellow plus, which gives even more access to free CME. And our fellow premium membership that also gives access to our annual conference. So I'm excited about that. I think there's a lot of new opportunities and really the opportunity for PAs to be able to pick the type of membership and the type of membership benefits that will really serve them. Those are some amazing resources, and I love how customized it is. That's amazing. And on a side note, I still have my Maxwell from like 12 years ago. (laughs) Totally worth it. (laughs) So where is AAPA headed in the future, and what are the long-term goals? So I think really what it comes down to, where we're headed, is that AAPA is here to support access to care. And this really means that we're here to support access by care by removing any barriers to PA practice. So we know, and I know you both are are PAs, and we were talking before we started recording about all the challenges the pandemic has brought, not just to our own personal, you know, our personal lives, but to the healthcare system at large. And it's greatly impacted patients and patients' access to healthcare. Now, my father-in-law was recently supposed to have shoulder surgery, and they called him last week and said that they had to put it off to some uncertain date in the future because they just didn't have access to providers that day. And we're seeing this and hearing about this and reading about it in the news. And so what we need is to remove the barriers that there are to PA practice in all the states and really work towards leveling the playing field. During the pandemic, over 21 states removed barriers to access for PAs. And we know that if PAs can provide that type of care during the pandemic, they can do it during other times. Um, So I think that's the big picture. Of course, we have other big priorities, like evolving the PA brand. And a lot of people by now have heard that the HOD voted to change the name, and I think it's really about more than just the name. It's about elevating the brand, helping the general public understand what a PA does and how they can really help the healthcare team and play a big part in that, and and are really part of the solution for for solving these provider shortages. 
Yeah, no, that's so true. And and I love the fact that you said, like, hey, PAs were able to do this during the pandemic. Well, once the pandemic ends, like, why can't we do that still, right? So if we were able to do it during the time of healthcare crisis, why can't we do it during a time when we don't have one? So I think that that's really exciting to see what is going to come out of all this because they did have a lot of emergency medical measures that were passed. You know, state licenses were waived, this type of thing. And so it'll be really interesting to see what happens in the future with that if that is, you know, we show that, hey, PAs can do that right? So can we do this in the future? So that's really great. And I think we're all all waiting to see uh, what's going to happen with that. You mentioned before that one of the things that you do is you host a CME event. Can you give us a little bit of background and details on what exactly that CME event is and what it entails? Sure. Of course, when I work for the PA and student hat, <laughs> I always cringe at the term CME. That's continuing medical education. And I think our Annual event is about much more than that, but it is a really perfect opportunity to earn continuing medical education. So every year we host our annual conference. This year it will be in May. And fingers crossed, all of my fingers and toes are crossed. We're really looking forward to returning in person. And it will be held in Indianapolis this year. And we have a lot of different programming at our conference. And we are on the verge of announcing some huge speakers for this conference. Um, so I'm not at liberty to announce that today, but please stay tuned. There's going to be some really exciting announcements in the next couple of weeks. For students, we always offer special student programming um, with speakers on topics that will interest students, things like how to survive their clinical rotations, the different sessions on getting a job. We host a big job there. We have networking events just for students. And it's a fantastic place to come. Of course, our students are all, and free PAs, of course, anyone who attends the conference are invited to participate in those um, hundreds of hours of CME lectures that are available. And um, no one is left out of those as well. But I want to just highlight that we do have a uh, special programming content for our students and pre-PAs as well. And of course, the big event at National Conference for students um, is our National Medical Challenge Bowl, uh, where our PA programs across the country square off in a Jeopardy-style quiz show. It is so much fun. We usually have like a DJ, and it's a huge party vibe. All the programs show up wearing their spirit colors and actually in the last couple of years the some of the students have even shown up wearing costumes and, and different things. <laughs> a whole a whole vibe. <laughs> so it's a lot of fun. I like I said, I'm really, really hoping that and all plans right now, by the way, are that, that we will be in person all speed ahead. But I just sort of hedge my words because of the world right now. It's hard to hard to predict. The other thing we, we've been hosting over the last couple of years are virtual events. So we have webinars. We have webinars for PAs and pre-PAs and students. And I'm most, part with my student and pre-PA hat, I'm most excited about our student and pre-PA webinars. Our series, our ongoing series is called PA Life of Pro. And we bring in different speakers on different topics. These webinar recordings are also available for free to, to our members. The next webinar is being held in a couple of weeks. It's on ramp to advocacy, and it's a whole webinar about how to get involved in leadership. 
So we're featuring three PAs who have taken different leadership paths and are now in state leadership or caucus leadership or otherwise, and to sort of explain how being involved for the professions also really helps their career. Um, I think it's going to be a great discussion. Our last uh, webinar, and I think it's worth going back and watching the replay on this, was on conquering imposter syndrome. We have three uh, really diverse panelists speaking about their experiences with imposter syndrome as early career PAs, and it was an incredibly interesting discussion. I'm not a PA, but I left that discussion feeling like I learned so much and related so much to them as speakers. I think it should be like mandatory watching for all PA students. And there was also one we offered in August that's available as a replay on mental health for PA students. And I seriously wish that all PA programs would show this like during the first week of didactic. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) One that really worth the hour of watching. So, Um, you know, we also host some smaller events around focused on specialties. We have an event coming up for family medicine in a, in a few weeks. And there's also a great conference that we are meeting that we have focused on people who are interested in leadership or leadership and advocacy summit. Typically, it's been in the spring, but they've actually moved it now to fall. And so that will be next fall. So you have so many resources to our listeners, whether you're pre-PA, PA students, or current PA. So many resources are at your fingertips. So get involved with AAPA. And how can our listeners, wherever they are in their path to PA or as a PA, get involved with AAPA? First, wearing my membership hat, I'm going to say first, if you're not already a member of AAPA, to join AAPA to stay engaged and up-to-date with everything that's going on. We work with more than 400 volunteers in different capacities every year, and these things can range from just like quick, you know, one-day actions to longer-term boards and commissions. And I will warn you that once you kind of get involved, uh, you'll be called on again and again. (laughs) Um, So uh, I do hope you'll raise your hand and get involved, and, and we will put you to work. PA students in particular can get involved with our student academy. Uh, we have a student academy board of directors, and we also work closely with student societies at every single PA program. Each student society has a student academy representative that maps up to our assembly of representatives, which is a governing body that we have for students. And then we also have volunteer committees um, to work on the various policy initiatives that the the Assembly of Representatives passes each year, and we'll be doing an open call for that um, over the summer. And our board of directors um, for students, we have an election held later in the spring, um, and it's a great opportunity to, to really get involved and sort of meet students from across the country. I also encourage folks to get involved with their state organizations. State organizations have so many great opportunities for really on the ground involvement uh, with changing state and local laws. They also have great programming for students, and many of them have great programs for pre-PAs and mentorship programs as well. So I think that's a really great place for both students and pre-PAs to plug in and, and really build networks and local networks, which is exciting. And for pre-PAs, there are great opportunities to get involved with AAPA, but I would also encourage 
PPAs to look to your local communities. For instance, I know of a PA-run mobile clinic in Southern California that works with a lot of pre-PA volunteers to do their work. And these types of opportunities can not only help you really give back to your community, but also start to really build up your patient care and healthcare experience. So those can be really valuable as you're looking to your PPA school applications. And I'm also starting to work with a lot of pre-PAs who are starting their own pre-PA clubs on campus. And I think these are amazing. And if you're working on one of those, let me know. And I'd be happy to come speak to your pre-PA club over Zoom. And I think that's a good, a good way to build your network on campus with other like-minded people who are also you know, building towards their PA school applications and also start to build the type of leadership experience to become a part of our student academy that you get as a PA school. So those are kind of my big recommendations for students and their PAs. Excellent. And as always, listeners, we will have some links in the show notes. You can find a PA, check out their website and see how you can get involved. Thank you so much, Katie. You're amazing. Thank you so much for listening to Where the White Coats Come Off. We are so happy to connect with you and share our passion of the PA profession. Don't forget to go to the show notes and join our super fun Pacers membership so you can start making your CASPA application more competitive today with virtual shadowing hours, coaching sessions with us, and so much more. Also in the show notes, we have a free download, an Excel PA school record keeper that mimics CASPA format, meaning you keep all of your shadowing hours, patient care experiences, volunteer information, awards you have received, leadership roles, and the loads of other information you need to apply to PA school in one place. So you can copy paste into CASPA when you go to apply. Get it in the show notes. Have a great day and we will see you at the next episode. Keep up the awesome work.